there. Welcome to Biblical Chilling. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here, here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. And I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dough. I got to go. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. All right, welcome back to Biblical Chili, everybody. So we have been on a nice little meander through Genesis. <laughs> meander. <laughs> we're coming up with creative names for what yeah. we're doing here. <laughs> going slowly, trying to, to digest as we, we go not along. We're going slow. We're like chunking off chunks. <laughs> and so far, we have talked about everything up until the end of the flood. Right at, the end. Right, right, right at right the end. Right at the end. Yeah, they haven't come out yet. And today we're going to be talking about what happens at the end of chapter 8 and into chapter 9. Um, what happens when they're done with their water ride? With their water ride. That would actually be cool. Noah's water ride. <laughs> it, was the first, <laughs> it was the first log ride. It only takes a year to get done, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Settle in. <laughs> Here we go. And I'm going to read this because I, I feel that um, jumping over this first little bit is going to be taking away from the the, the impact. And it's okay. going to be in chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 13. And it came to pass in the 600th and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, the earth was dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. I would have not liked that job. <laughs> Did you get everything? I think I got everything. Go back and look again. I, I, I think this is it. Did you get the ants? I, I don't know if I got the ants. <laughs> the mosquitoes are still in we there. We haven't been able to sweep for a Enough year. with the mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. The All right, nets. I'm going to give this. Right, Tom, time out. <laughs> Did you know? Okay, sorry. Did you know? This is still flood related. Okay, or post-flood related. Okay, mosquitoes. 
all right, number one, female mosquitoes are the only ones that actually drink the blood. And it's, it's because of uh, the nutrition that's in our, in our blood. They, I believe it's the heme that they actually need. But there are many flowers, because like the male mosquitoes, they just suck fruit juice. They're basically like fruit flies. But the female mosquitoes, there are flowers that have the exact same characteristics as our blood that they need to lay eggs. And their little nose that bites into you and makes you itch for a really long time and sucks your blood out sucks the heme out of those flower stems very, very well. God actually did not make mosquitoes to be sucking blood. I beg to differ. I, I would, oh, I would highly differ. Cause they, he made, he made them. But <laughs> just because they're, they were made or just because they were made, they weren't made this way. I, I will agree to disagree on that. I don't care. No? Okay. Nope. okay. All right. Oh, nope. all right. Hold on. All right. all right. Here nope. we go. Here we go. All right. What about snake venom? Snake did venom. Did God make poisonous snakes? I don't know. Did he? No, I'm asking you because this is the same <laughs> thing exist, as parasitology. Right? So did, did, man, did man create them? What was that? Yes. Did man create them? No. I'm okay. So then yes. the only other God made. Okay. God, God made, We got them. one. God made poisonous snakes. Okay. Anybody else? Because if you think about it, it sounds <laughs> like, oh, I know where you're going with this. The other reptiles that have defense mechanisms to actually create and actually block themselves, I figured to be a, uh, originally a defense mechanism. The For poison? Yeah. Okay, well, the, side, the quickest way to explain this is this. Before the flood and before then... The earth actually had, and we talked about this, the earth was, you know, higher oxygen, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Part of it also had a very high magnetic field. Dr. Carl Ball in the University of Oklahoma, he actually took water moccasins. You know what water moccasins are? Very, they're very poisonous. Many people have an issue with God because they said that God obviously has to be wicked because he created poisonous things and he created parasites and all this stuff. They served a different purpose before sin. If with a higher magnetic field, that venom is actually a nutritious protein that will heal you. It is a protein that heals you, but a protein looks like a double helix or similar to a double helix, you know, DNA, right? It looks similar to that. Now, a uh, the protein that is inside the venom or makes up the venom is actually, imagine basically a bolt that has been melted and twisted into a pretzel. Now, your body cannot attach to it because in your body, you have these cells that are released and they go around, they find proteins that they can break down into base chemicals and use them. But they look like a nut. So they go over to these proteins and they go, screw themselves onto it and pull the protein away and break it down. But now that bolt, which is venom, is a gnarled up melted mess. And so it goes over there it cannot attach to it at any place. So your body tries to create or tries to cre- treat it like a uh, an invader, which yep. it should. But oh, then you get stuff where your your muscles start falling apart or if it's a ne- neurotoxin, you go into anaphylactic, or not anaphylactic, but you go into shock of some kind. You could take two, some of the venoms or you take two steps and you literally die if it gets to your heart. But that's the thing is he took water moccasins and he, in their terrarium, put, um, two giant magnetic fields through the center of it, and he milked the snakes and got out their venom, and it is now a nutritious protein. Because of the destruction of this world and the flood, all things like parasites, venoms, mosquito- mosquitoes, uh, bees, and all this other stuff, you can neutralize that with an electromagnetic pulse. 
Right. So why did the mosquitoes come out of the ark? Because as soon as they came out, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me with an EMP, we can actually disintegrate and actually heal different it, it's a little bit more it's more complicated than that but they con, yeah. they have like so for example cobra venom is i believe a neurotoxin mm-hmm. people who have gone through very traumatic things in their spine they mm-hmm. treat the cobra venom and they will inject right into your spine this treated cobra venom it is no longer a gnarled up mess it is a it's a nutritious protein that rebuilds your vitalizes your body again yeah god but, created good right man intervened we messed it up messed it up hence the ark god created it he put them on the ark they came off the ark into a big mess <laughs> <laughs> sorry to interrupt tom that was a big did you know but it's okay it's okay that's what we're here for it's a lot of fun i still i love it you know agree he, he's gonna get a lot of things. mosquitoes support mosquitoes <laughs> get such a bad rap they make me itch ah so now we're down here in uh verse 20 and Noah built an ark, or builded, Noah built an ark unto altar. the Lord. Built an altar. Yeah, after he built the ark. <laughs> he built another ark, <laughs> just in case of the next time. <laughs> just to make sure he had his his uh, his, his skills were honed. He, <laughs> okay. But he, he built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and of every clean fowl and burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled this sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of a man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every, any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Going right into to chapter 9, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Wow. Hence, at that point, go eat them if you want. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's I mean, and what, like I said before in the previous episode, though, it's not like people didn't eat it. It was just God never gave permission up to that point. So, I mean, we don't know what they were doing before the flood, like when it comes to that. In reality, again, I think a lot of what you were saying in the beginning, Adam was made into he was told to go till the, the land. Right. Cain was a vegetable grower, a really good one. Right. Obviously, you know, that was a really big deal. OK, yes, they had sheep. But those sheep were only for a purpose. Well, they were probably for clothing and for sacrifices. Correct. He, ta- right. he taught them how to get clothed, and he taught them how to sacrifice right. them. Um, and, you know, the, again, God was teaching them how to manufacture and how to do things and how to create things from the and stuff that they were given. also redemption as well. Correct. Right. You know? No, that's that's good. Amen. Now, could you imagine walking out on the dry land for the first time after a year of feeling fluidity? <laughs> Um, yeah, I kind of understand that. Concept. Oh, yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of Some what of happens us with here. our Navy boys. <laughs> yes. So, yes, I Tom. I know exactly understand. what that is. <laughs> I can definitely understand that, Tom. So, uh, not it, quite a year off, but yeah, I definitely just being out in the amount of time I've been out was, was I think the longest we were out was nine months. So 
uh, once you hit land, it definitely has a different feel to it because it doesn't move. And so you're like, whoa, I'm not moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it's definitely a weird feeling. You know, it's interesting. I, I personally can picture how Noah felt when the door opened up because I was, you know, you, you pull the ship up to the, the dock. Okay. And they open the big door for you to get out. You know, it's, you know, it's a really huge, massive door because you can drive vehicles and other stuff in and out of this thing. So it's a really big door. And when that thing opens up, it's like, oh, look at, you know, there's light because it's all dark in there. You know, it's all, it's all lit up and oh, wow, this is cool. You know, we're home. Yoo-hoo. I I can imagine that feeling of like, oh, wow, I get to go explore a new world. <laughs> you know, oh, look at this. Look at that. You know, a lot of new things. When we go into a foreign port, there was that, that feeling of ooh, what's that oh wow that's weird you know <laughs> all these things that you you see well, right. and experience so, that would have been amazing. so what what would have been his experience when it comes to that exact thing mike yeah. which is like what you're saying because we're not talking about like not like a, a new world in the sense of an elevated new place we're talking about a new world in the sense of wow this is completely destroyed it's it looks completely like different right he, he wouldn't have known anything now there's I don't know if there's science. There probably is science. I, I've seen this on, on Netflix and these guys did this. They said to help with jet lag, you have to go to where there's ground, grass, dirt, stuff like that. Take your shoes off and walk barefoot because it'll help you um, acclimate your body with the magnetic field of that area. I don't know. I listened to it. And so I've heard a lot about the carpet and doing other things. Yeah. Right. And so for them to normally when, if I have jet lag, I take my shoes off, walk in the grass and start eating it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Toe jam at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. You and then he falls asleep. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> but for these guys, you know, I, I picture uh, like at home, we got the kids. And how weird it must be for them because when they are asleep and they're young, like mine are uh, six years old and, and five years old. So they're still pretty mobile in their sleep. So like they could, they've fallen asleep here at your place, Justin, and they've wake, they've woken up in their beds at home. So it's like, okay, <laughs> how did I get Re- Reorient. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not where I was the last time I closed my eyes. So when these guys went into the ark, they were home. So probably someplace that Noah has lived for the first 600 years of his life. He was probably like there. And now they opened it up and there's not a trace of anything that they know. Landmarks? Is that that what you're talking about? There's no landmarks. They just walk out and they're like, this isn't Kansas anymore. You know, (laughs) that's that's a feeling that when, uh, when we came back into port after being gone for so long, there were buildings gone that were there when we left and there were new structures in the city line that weren't there when we left. And so it was like, that's not, it was really weird looking at the city that we left nine months before that and going back. And then we're like, what is going on? Like, like it, it is a weird feeling just coming back to that. It'd be disorienting because you can see at, for me, I could see, you know, things that we knew were there. Oh, there's that, there's that, you know, but 
seeing things that weren't there anymore. Like there was a whole new stadium and all kinds of stuff when we got back. It was weird. And so it was like, wow, there's like a complete change in the city line. And so to come like Noah to open up the door and literally the earth is completely changed. The trees he was used to are gone. There's new trees. There's new everything. Like it's just completely different. Right. That would have been shell shock is yeah. my, my first thought, you know, like, whoa, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I've got kids. Uh, movie that brings back thoughts. Wally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they get off, they come back to the earth and they open the doors and they're like, Oh look, let's go plant a pizza tree. Uh, you know <laughs> There were pizza trees before the flood. Right, you know, and so uh that that Yeah, I, I shell shock. Just like wow. But notice the first thing that he did right, right afterwards. Yeah. He grabbed yeah. some rocks, built an altar, started hauling in the animals and Started sacrificing. Now, those of you who who didn't listen to the couple episodes before, he brought the Bible says he brought two of the unclean, male and female, and then seven of the clean animals. So he had some to spare. And and even outside of that, they could have had babies during that year anyway. But they then got God then lays down new law. He he now like is saying you can eat the animals. But then he gives little anecdotes like, but <laughs> you can but, eat animals, but, but don't they, drink their they blood. can't have uh, <laughs> lifeblood in them. And then he gives, you know, this is the reason why, because if you do, then the animals will come after you and humans will come after you and don't kill anybody because if you kill anybody, then your life is now forfeit because um, man was made in God's image. And this is pretty much the same thing that he uh, dictated to Adam and Eve and their family when they fell was like, you know, come on guys, seriously. Right. <laughs> Cain, Abel again. So now he's right. like, I'm going to nip this one in the bud <laughs> and say, don't do it. Stop <laughs> killing each other. <laughs> right. I didn't say it directly last time. This time I'm going to be more succinct. Don't kill each other. You right. Don't learn nothing. <laughs> well, and also what, what do you guys take about, I just want to stand on this for just a minute, guys. What about the verse that he said, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be in all creatures? Yeah, which I find is quite interesting because um, during the time in which they were on the ark, of course, obviously, they were caretakers. And God basically, I my belief is God took them back to almost the concept of the garden while they were on the ark. Because you have all different kinds of animals in there and things of that nature. So there was like a peace on the ark. Okay. And then as soon as they got off the ark... God basically told the animals, you go do your thing and you go to your places. But now because of this situation, there was a fear amongst them. And, you know, now, now God put a fear in them, just like he did with the serpent in the beginning. That's where I believe he's going with that. Just like he did with the serpent. And he said, now you're going to be cursed and, you know, God's, you know, man's going to be, you know, against you and you're going to crawl on your belly and, you know, you're going to have these. So there's going to be enmity between you and them. Now he's creating this effect for for the animals to have that effect. So they're not just going to come up to you anymore. So right, there's like going to animals, be this. Animals now, I still believe, have that same the same thing that God put in them at the ark. He he established that to go for the rest of time. So I believe just like the animals now, unless you literally show the animal that you are not to be feared 
and you literally take the time and you invest time and energy into that animal. Building a relationship. Building a relationship with that. That animal is not going to trust you. And that to me, I think is quite interesting. Even, even the, the young ones that are born in captivity and things like that, where the person, they have to strive to create that relationship with those Sometimes, animals yeah. to get them to the level of, of trust, even at that point. That's, a, that's so a great amazing. point. I that's feel awesome. though, I feel though that he did that for their survival. Correct. Because if he wouldn't have put that dread in them, they wouldn't have went anywhere. No. They would have all stayed there because for the last year, they were reliant on them to give them food. Correct. To give them care. To get, you Which, know, so like they would have been like, all right, you're free to go. Shoo. Go. Right. That's a good point. Seriously. Without leave. that drive to, to, to leave, <laughs> right. that, that fear to, to be, be isolated, basically. Okay. We're a sheep. We're just going to go in our little sheep corner, you know, and without that, that's a good point, Tom. And so they, they, they left and now it's like, you know, Japheth and them couldn't go like, oh, look at the lion. I'll pet him. Roar. Right. <laughs> What's going on here? Because they're not inherently mean, hey, but that fear will cause them to hey, lash out. raise you. <laughs> right. Now I'm going to eat oh, you. And that's a, that's a good point, actually, because think of the transition, not just of the world that they're in, but now, now that the world has changed, but not just the world, but now you can't even interact with the animals that God created in this world the same way. Right. Everything and I, changed. Right. Everything changed. I think even when it came to, because uh, down here as part of the promise, it says, uh, I set my rainbow on the clouds and it shall be for a sign and a covenant between me and the earth. Talking about how he's never, and that's how rainbows were created. Um, the thing is, is when it comes to rainbows, if they never had, in, and uh, a lot of expositors believe this, that they did not have weather like we have today. Correct. Which means that, Odds are they would have never seen the effect of the prismatic effect that rainbow has when direct sunlight beams through a, a droplet. Okay, right. that prismatic effect they would have never seen it. They would have would not, not have experienced yeah. it. That, I don't believe they would have seen it in the sky. Right. I believe they could have seen it. Right. On possibly. Earth, possibly. You know, waterfall right. or things of that nature. But I don't believe they would have seen it in the sky they, because they didn't because have thunderstorms. There was no thunderstorms. Rain. There was no storms. I don't, I don't even right. think they would have seen it that way because the light that was coming from the sun was filtered. It was filtered through right. the other layer, and so Correct. they would not have seen all the spectrum that is the rainbow because it would have been yeah, pre-filtered. I agree. I agree. That that is you know, just a disclaimer, you guys. Without, I don't want to. I don't want to like confuse anybody. If you guys want to hear a lot more on that, you can go to our previous episodes to talk about that, and also. Good references is, uh, and we've talked about them before. Answers in Genesis talks about it. Kent Hovind talks about it. Just, just YouTube these people. You, you'll find them. Trust us. So, that whole shiny object <laughs> caught my attention. So, shiny. In the the last episode, I talked about how people related the flood to a baptism of the earth. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. And so now they've come out different. Like they can feel their anatomy is different. They. they their world around them is different. Wetter. <laughs> <laughs> now, moist. walk with me for a second. <laughs> you know, here we go. So, when a new believer, when someone first become, becomes a, a believer in Christ and they dedicate their life, they are now different. The animals that they used to hang around with (laughs) 
are now are, are now re- repelled by them because they're going to either attack them for how they are now because they're afraid or they just won't come around until that that trust is now developed because now they're a different person right hey man i like that concept huh? and it's, it's, it's like okay so now the animals are going their separate ways because they're afraid of this new person that these guys have become because god had changed them right no, and I, it just it was a little no no that's great <laughs> well, that's great that's, that's what the bible does throughout throughout the bible you're gonna find that exact story throughout all the bible that that theme and that layout is throughout all the bible and it's amazing because only god could have done that because there is a lot of stories in the bible factual real stories life stories history that god has put together and throughout those stories and throughout that stuff you find that exact theme throughout that and it's just amazing i love how you brought that out and how you how you processed that exact information because it is that is exactly right in how christians or should say believers new believers uh they come out and the world is completely different everything's so it's like getting a new pair of glasses it's yeah well yeah you got the world view and you got you know the biblical view and all of a sudden you're looking at things different and the the world's like whoa what are you doing you're you know you know you're a bible thumper knock it off you know yeah right amen so so now god takes this this new world and gives these new promises these new uh do's and don'ts and at the end of it he says now this is my covenant which is like he said the, the the rainbow and it would have been really nice to say, and the world lived happily ever after. <laughs> but no, you know, humans found a way to kind of muck things up again. And we'll go into uh, chapter 9, verse 18. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three, son- the three sons of Noah. And of them was the whole earth overspread. So out of these three, they populated, they populated the world. And Noah began to be a husbandman. Husbandman. You guys want to give a little definition of husbandman? Farmer. Yeah, that's the basic, <laughs> basic, basic definition. A farmer. Farmer. So he became a farmer. Far- farmer Noah. He says, all right, I've had my fill of water. Now I'm going to tend to the earth. I, I missed this thing. <laughs> I'm gonna tend the yeah, field. He wants to recreate something, some form of uh, of what he used to have. So right. he wants to try to, yeah. And so he just started. He started to farm what? He started to farm, farm vineyards. He yep. was grapes. Making grapes, making wine, and then partook a little too much of his. He drank the wrong kind of wine. Right. And it totally Became messed him up. Drunk. He drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. So yeah, in other words, he got drunk, went in, and passed out. Moron. Yep, without his clothes on. <laughs> now, I, I, I like see a, that. I like how my verse day. says it. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk, and he became uncovered in, in his, his tent. tent. Yep. So that's like, I don't know how I got naked. Yeah, <laughs> so hot. I, like, really? I've never. I am wearing the, em- the emperor's new clothes. <laughs> All right, now. Ham, the father of Canaan, went and saw his dad naked, and he did the the um 
the grown-up thing. Yeah. He went and got his brothers and said, hey, guys, go look at dad. <laughs> Check him out. And when they saw him, their heart broke for him. They got their cloaks and covered him up. And when Noah came to, he cursed his son. He cursed um, Canaan and said that you will be the servant of Actually, he did not curse his son. He did not curse Ham. He cursed his grandson, which was Canaan. Yes. It was not Ham that was actually cursed. It was his grandson. So Canaan not, was not the Ham's name grandson, of a but, person. Yeah. What was that? Canaan was the name of a person. Correct. Yes. Okay, so I read that wrong because of the Canaan from Exodus. Like the No, whole... no, no. This is this is Ham's son. It's like Ham's firstborn. Okay. Yeah. So Okay, that makes more sense. So he cursed he he so I was like, Okay, so cursed be Canaan, but then the next book over, Canaan, the land of milk and <laughs> right. Well, you wonder where the name came from. Yep. That's okay. apparently where it came from. And it says, and uh, blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. <laughs> enlarge and going to make him one big dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys. <laughs> Uh, and, what's for dinner? and then Noah lived 350 more years after the flood. And then he died. And when he fell asleep, he said, finally. <laughs> Actually, so so admittedly, though, he didn't spend like in his lifespan. He didn't spend as many years post flood as he did pre flood. Right. So he Third actually spent about two thirds before and one third after. Right. I got a question for you. Shoot. All right. Before the flood, do you think anybody got drunk? And that that's actually a good question because that's actually what I wanted to bring up. My question had to do with how he got drunk. I personally believe, and I've heard so many sermons and messages on this, I think it was by accident. And I think that because of the air pressure, I think it was almost impossible because of the oxygen content in the air, the air pressure, etc., and the type of grapes that they grew before I think it would have been almost impossible to make grape juice go fermented the way that we understand it now. It would have probably taken much longer, like I'm talking about months and months of, of keeping grape juice just out in the open before it would even start to turn. So it probably most people probably never reach that point. Well, I'm also thinking of physiology there because people were were perfect then. So their regeneration rate of their, oh, you mean like their metabolism? Their, their metabolism and everything. So he's probably living in the mentality that he's been living for the last six hundred years. Right. So That's he's just a great going. Point. He's just going along life as he knows Used it. Used to know, right? You know, and so he's like, I could drink this. I'll be fine. And found out that he was dosed with kryptonite. Now he is no, no longer able to. I thought you were going to go Captain America on that. Well, no, that's a good point because it, it could have been actually both or a combination of both because you're right, their physiology because of the earth and the earth's effect on them and the lack of oxygen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because of that, they he probably couldn't, quite frankly, I'll just, I'll just say it, he probably couldn't hold his alcohol. He metabolized it way slower and so it had a much larger effect on him. He had lower oxygen already. So now he's starving his brain for even more oxygen. And like I said, if he did it by accident, because it like, let's say it ferments faster and his physiology's off, man, he's got 
two strikes against him already when he picks up that first glass that's been sitting on the table for the last three weeks. Right. Well, you know, pick out the bugs. But you know what I mean? So that that was my thought process. And I think I, I find it interesting that you guys went the same way that I had processed this information. So it to me, that's exactly the, the form in which I was like, okay, he didn't do this on purpose. And when his kids actually saw the situation, they were like, oh, man, we, we need to – what happened to dad? You know? No, except for him because he's how a did jerk. You get that for <laughs> – right? <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? And they so they, they dealt with the situation as best they could. And now, uh, up until this point, God really hadn't told them to abstain from uh, uh, the glass that moves. Right. Okay? He, right. he didn't tell them to not – because, up and again – up until this point, the the way that the grape juice fermented was a lot different than before. And so, and again, this is where I always fall back on. We look at, at in society, we look at wine, okay? And you go, oh yeah, look at the wine. We look at it as wine as in it's alcoholic. Here, it says you drink of the wine. At the point in which they were doing stuff, it was fresh, it was grape juice. It was grape juice. And so there was not supposed to be any fermentation in that stuff. And then if you read farther on, that's why he discusses not drinking the bottle that moveth and all that other stuff. And, and Proverbs and, and it yeah, goes, yeah, it goes through a whole it. lot of things of why you're not supposed to do that. Obviously, here's the reason. <laughs> um, but the, the, the main thing was that, again, I don't believe he did it on purpose. I, I believe he did it on accident. And that's where the fall of man it shows itself again where we're a, we're a frail creature. And if you look at how long he lived afterwards, his lifespan was extremely shortened. And and in the concept of before the flood and then after the flood. And so as things were going, things were starting to deteriorate and, and things were completely changed. And, you know, the one good hope that they had was the fact that God said, I'm not going to do that again, you know? Right. And, and it, part, know, that's, that's awesome. But man, part, part of the, the, the side note with this is I've heard messages preach that he did it on purpose and, you know, Adam and Eve failed with food and he failed with food. One thing, one argument I have against it is this, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to fight about it, but he curses his grandson if he got drunk on, if Noah, Bible says Noah was a righteous man. If he got drunk on purpose and he was uncovered and his sons helped him out. And at the end, wouldn't he have repented instead of standing up and cursing his grandson? Right. In this, it was an accident. That's why, that's why I think it justifies an accident is because he cursed his grandson and said, okay, you're going to be a servant to Shem. So obviously from that point forward, his grandson was a servant to, to Shem and his family. And, Obviously, apparently that ticked Ham off. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that was a punishment for Ham, but I don't know. I I don't understand that side of it. But I do know that it would be awfully strange if he did it on purpose that he didn't repent. And right. I think because it's on accident, he's like, "You guys shouldn't have done this." I and, I don't and, think that but, it could be on purpose because he preached for a hundred, almost two hundred years. Yeah, it was at least a hundred years pre flood. Yeah. God shut the door and resided with them through the flood. Right. Opened the door, had communion. You know, like, I give you this covenant, put a rainbow in the sky. Like, 
this had just happened. It wasn't like, oh, well, let me tell you a story that happened eons ago. No, it just happened. So it's still fresh in his mind that he's not going to be like, <laughs> forget God. <laughs> like, and, you know, the, the curse, the reason for the curse is because of the nakedness and things that he saw. Okay. And the, and the things. In it. And so if you think of the demeanor of, of Canaan in which he responded to the situation, that was essentially probably the reasoning behind how Noah, uh, why Noah cursed him because of how his reaction and response. To the well, Ham was, was, it says that Ham was the one that actually Ham, responded I mean, to it. Yeah. yeah. His grandson though, I don't know what he had anything to do with it, but no, it's just, it's just an interesting story because I, I think the whole story of the, is, is saying, trying to tell us one thing, the world is not the way it was. Right. He ha- he is now in a world that is just, broken it's broken far far more broken than it was even before the flood and and his body is now broken well, oh that's good good point you know his it's body's not broken. just the world but now all of humanity I am has changed physically yeah, physically everything everything physically world everything changed when they came out of the ark it was a completely different world now you said you don't know what his dad had to do with it so i have a, i have a guess i'm not shooting the dark i would here. love to hear something Commonalities. Okay. So, back then, Noah is the, the head of the household. He's the patriarchy. His sons carry on his legacy. All right. They're going to follow in his footsteps. They're looking up to him. So now Ham went and did this childish act of, look at this is what's going on. Right. So, Noah then took his son away from him and gave him two good dads. And Ham has to live with the fact that he can't father that son anymore because he's a bad role model. He's a bad... Instead of covering up the nakedness before somebody else saw it, right. he went and got the rest of the brothers. So what kind said, of a hey, role model was he what, being? What do we do? Um, and again, I agree with that, Tom. I actually agree with that. That's that a good point. Process because it, it agrees with the biblical theme. Um, Maybe Noah what, was trying to save him from... Yeah. A further... it, it agrees with the the it, it even agrees with the concept of it being an accident because then if it was an accident of a situation and and again ham and all these guys shim ham jpeth they all seen the wickedness before the yep. flood so i'm pretty sure they saw the nakedness of the world and was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. I can't believe they're doing that. Why would they do such thing? And then, and then for him to see this and go, Oh no, what do we do? What do we, how do we deal with this? Right. Instead of thinking, wow, why is, what happened to dad? He's not like that. What happened to him? Instead, instead he jumped to conclusions and went and got his brothers to deal with the situation. So, I well, can and that, definitely the, see the the pre flood when you're talking about the nakedness. Nakedness all throughout Scripture means one thing, and that is shame. Correct. It's all, whether it's spiritual shame nakedness, of, yep. physical nakedness, etc. No, oh, I, I was agreeing with you. No, I, <laughs> no, I just <laughs> no, I love I love that. That is that is definitely a a awesome situation there in reference to really bringing light to help people understand that this wasn't just an act of. Uh, of just you know neglect or you know what no this is this is something that and i think we need we as fathers can take some things from this too and say maybe we shouldn't jump to conclusions as a father if if there's a situation going on 
instead of getting the attention of other people to look in on something, we should assess the situation ourselves and go, was this an accident or was this done on purpose? Maybe, maybe that's something we can learn from this story and go, as a father, my kid's doing this or my parents are doing this. And should I show my kids this or should I let talk to my parents individually and not let my kids see it? So there's a lot of wisdom there too that even just a little verse like that that you can take away and say, you know, maybe I should apply this to my life in where I as a father should treat my parents instead of overreacting to a situation, should I assess the situation and leave my family out of it for the minute and unless I know that it's an, you know, on purpose, you know, and respect that, that, uh, figure. Noah was the high, the figure of the home and respect that and keep that respect as long as possible instead of just like, Oh yeah, look at the shame of your father. Instead of showing the shame to, to them. Um, I think that's an awesome, awesome thought process, Tom. I love this. has been an awesome discussion. This has been Man. really good. Really so now, great. My question, guys, is what's next? Oh, what's the, the rest what? of the story no oh man you <laughs> guys you guys were on chapter is, 10 and there's 50 man. chapters there's, this, this is, there is at the is end so of much. this is at the end of the the noah storyline and then it goes into descendants but then we go into which our next podcast is going to cover <gasps> are you going to say the it? tower of babel the tower of babel and what that's gonna be a fun one babel what what babel. did you say babel i didn't quite understand that what was that <laughs> i see what you did there I did too. <laughs> so, Mike, why don't you go ahead and lead us out in prayer and then oh, we'll yeah. get this wrapped up. Awesome. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the awesome time. Thank you for the fellowship and the uh, exciting conversation that we had regarding the promise and, and the things that can happen with uh, uh, just by accident and, and thinking about the process of life and how we can respond and react to it. Thank you so much. For the wonderful discussion. I pray you would help people listen and take note and and dive into your word uh, and learn more about what they can use and, and how you promise things and, and the wonderful blessings that we get out of scripture. Thank you so much. And in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again, guys. This has been Tom. This has been Sully. This has been Mike. And this is Justin. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. And the boys gave me this note to let you know you can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you.